0: that is. Welcome to Problem Addict, a weekly podcast about notoriously problematic pop culture icons from our favorite reality TV shows past and present, music videos, movies, and everything in between. Let's talk about episode one. We've got The Bridge, and it's a six-part series, six episodes, They range in length from about 38 to 45 minutes. Great watching if you just want to fill something in on a weekend. Easily bingeable across a Saturday or Sunday. I think I started this on a Friday night, and by by the Monday of uh, President's Day, we were done. My first impression on the show, it doesn't really look very interesting, but I think if you sort of keep paying attention, uh, you see the dynamic between these 12 strangers kind of take over, and it's quite fascinating to watch. It reminds me of the real world. It also kind of reminds me of Hunger Games, gives me a little Big Brother, Survivor vibes as well. It doesn't have all those sort of dumb American, uh, stupid machinations uh, of a produced reality show. I feel as though, well, there are actually some parts that I was like, ooh, this is gonna be a little cringy." There's a love sort of aspect um, Relationship building thing that sort of doesn't really pan out, and uh, they lean heavily into. But my first impression was that it could sound really boring. Um, but it really starts to build, and it's uh, worth checking out. The music's great. The cinematography is amazing. The shots look so good. Yeah, it's the uh, the Lake Region. It's um it's in Wales. Uh, James McAvoy hosts. Uh, he doesn't sound like what I think. When I think of James McAvoy's voice would think. <laughs> that made absolutely no sense. I keep thinking of sort of Professor X um, James McAvoy and that's not who I hear when I am, uh, he is playing a character. Duh. <laughs> I, I misspoke. I'm sorry. I think I might have called James McAvoy the host. He's not the host. He's just a narrator. It's, it's beautifully shot. Um, if you've been holed up in quarantine like most of us have, I know that I haven't. Left New York. I want to. Oh, that's not exactly true. Anyway, um, I've sort of been home-ish since March of last year, and if you're looking for a beautifully shot nature perspective show with a little bit of reality thrown with a lot of reality thrown in, I'd highly recommend checking out *The Bridge* on HBO Max. It's uh, it makes you want to root for the underdog. It's all about second chances and how looks can be deceiving. The first stark contrast I noticed while watching the show is that. There are just these ambient sounds of the outdoors that just sort of take you into this pastoral realm of peace and tranquility. It just put me in like a really good spot, uh, in a good place, a happy place to uh, start watching the show about people building a bridge, which doesn't sound very interesting to be quite honest. But in one of the first opening shots, we see a gap-toothed boy say, I want to be remembered. So he's either going to be the winner or the main villain of this series, I think. I don't watch a lot of British reality shows, so it's sort of hard to tell how they edit. From what I know of television, it seems like Rowan, I believe his name is, will be a, a main part of our our nar- narrative this year. As a viewer, the basic premise is that there are twelve strangers, and that these twelve strangers um, have to build a bridge. And if they are success, if they are successful and build a bridge, they win a hundred thousand British pounds, and they have twenty days. So. It seems like a relatively simple challenge uh, converted into American dollars it's about a, it's a little over 139,000 139, uh, US dollars so it's a pretty significant chunk of money. We are led to believe that everyone thinks that they'll be sharing the money but the one catch is that only one they will all have to vote and only one person will be granted the $100,000 if they are successful and build this bridge uh, over the next 20 days. They have decent accommodations. There is a bunkhouse, so they're not living in the complete wilderness. It's it's a step up from a tent, which I think they would probably do on an American show. One of the first people we meet is Zach and he is 26. He is a dancer, I believe his uh, title card reads. We meet Sly, he is a 60 year old uh, fabricator. He's a car fabricator. Uh, I'm not familiar with uh, these British hero edits, these British winning edits. Uh, I feel like we're probably gonna meet our winner quite early in this show. So um, we'll find out. Next up, I believe we meet Billy. (laughs) Billy in her talking head reveals that she has had an amazingly privileged upbringing. And from those very words, I can just tell that I won't like her. There's one thing to be self-aware. There's one thing. There's another thing to be self-aware and just like rub it in people's faces. There is a totally nicer way to to get those words across without saying I've had an, an amazingly privileged upbringing. Um, whatever, Billy, I'm on to you. So they're out in the Welsh mountains, and it's uh, James McAvoy says that they're on one of the biggest lakes uh, in Wales. Uh, They have plenty plenty of access to fish and mushrooms out in the wild. And it looks like they've got basic uh, pantry goods. They've got some flour, some shots of some coffee, tea, uh, and some chickens, which I think sounds like, but I'm not exactly sure they can only use the eggs from. I don't believe they're allowed to kill these chickens, but I'm sure if worse comes to worse, they should be able to get these chickens, but we shall see. There is a girl, a lovely girl from Ireland, who is wearing a green tank top, and... (laughs) this uh this podcast isn't safe for kids um this this girl seems to be wearing two cock rings <laughs> on her shirt her tank top has these two silver metal round things on the sleeve um i just could not not see it so i'm sure if you see, look for it you will see it too we get the hot tub reveal um which makes it feel like any other cheesy reality show like Big Brother where they're just gonna spend a lot of uh, time at night in the hot tub getting to know each other maybe even hooking up Um, it feels really cheesy I don't like it it feels completely against the grain of what I think the show is about but um we get the reveal of the hot tub by some contestants and um yeah, it's I thought it was an interesting thing to throw into the first episode. I guess that means we'll spend a lot of time in the hot tub. Maybe maybe some strategy things will be revealed. We get more we get a little bit more about Zack and he's got that uh allegedly <laughs> I guess I have to say what allegedly first, right? Um he has that stiff upper body look that just like most people that that do steroids do. <laughs> have the flares the flares will basically direct the the game there will be no host the flares will have these messages that will tell the contestants basically what is happening in the show there's a 15 minute limit to the to retrieving these messages that are attached to the flares or else they will be expired whatever that means um maybe we'll see some message get expired which will threaten the building of the bridge but like i said we don't know it's too early to tell so the first flare uh rowan and zach go chase after it and like i think is like pretty much the first uh, Ooh, uh this this is going to be much more interesting than any other typical reality show uh there's a a response um after zach and rowan go chase after the first flare a black woman says quote i was going to run after that then I remembered who I was, end quote. And I was just like, yeah, exactly. That's so interesting to say. It, it, I know I'm taking it, I'm reading so much more into it probably, but I think it's very interesting that the show would show that response, her reaction to something that Rowan and Zach, these like, Kind of wannabe alphas would instinctively run after and go chase, while her first response was, I was gonna go run after that, then I remembered who I was in this world, is very sort of fitting. Um, it, it you have to like sort of sit with it for a second, I think, and um, it's I think it sort of reveals something about the show that I was totally on board for. I think, um, I think it's doing. I think it's uncovering a lot and showing us aspects of people that we don't see, Um, especially because we'll learn a lot more about uh, her name is Dominique. We'll learn a lot more about her as uh, the series progresses. Underneath the tower lies 100,000 Great British Pounds, and they have 20 days to claim the money. They cannot swim, they cannot sail, they must walk to the island, but only one person will be awarded the prize. So this could have led to sort of like a riddle, but they all sort of realized that, yeah, they have to build a bridge to get to this island and um, unlock the box with all the money in it. Julie says, I don't even know how far 850 feet is. And I think it's just one of the funniest things because if you think about it, yeah, like I'm sure I can kind of like guesstimate 100 feet. But for me, if someone were to ask me, hey, like what's 100, what's 850 feet away? I would be like, Uh, uh, yeah, I would even try to do like football field conversions right now, but I'm just not going to. It's, it's 1125 when I'm recording this and it's just not going to happen. So there's a scene where, see, uh, Sly, so there's a scene where Sly says, that's going to be difficult to say. There's a scene with Sly and he's saying that he's built a bridge before. (laughs) Sly says he built a bridge. Yes, that's a much easier sentence. Uh, Sly says he builds, he's built a bridge, um, but there's a lot of commotion, there's a lot of talking, a lot of different conversations are going on at the same time, or basically, Sly is talking to himself, thinking he's talking to the group, and the group's not listening because the group is having other conversations, I should say. Basically, the, the white boys are talking all over him, and uh, it's, sort of, it's sort of a wink to us, uh, the viewers, that there is more to come with this little reveal, I believe. Um, I, I sort of got that that uh, that clue editor the little dangle of the carrot that this is probably going to come up. It's like the Chekhov's gun of the bridge. The next scene we're going to see is a boy. Um, he's looking through a book, and it's all about uh, they, sh- they, they shoot to the front of the book, and it's uh, how to build a. Br- it's a book about how to build a bridge. So they're not completely left to their own devices. There are material supplies around that will help them. Uh, accomplish this task of building this bridge. Um, next thing we know, there's a lot of chest pumping by Zach and his bros. It's 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 a very sort of summer camp alpha douchebag kind of vibe, um, but. You know, it's too early to tell, but something tells me that's the story that's going to play out. So they venture out. We see hundreds of logs. There's uh, miles of rope, apparently. And we get an intro of Rowan. Rowan is 22. I notice his huge-ass thighs. Like, this guy has the biggest thighs I've ever seen. Mm, I shouldn't say that, but for a 22-year-old white dude from Wales, he's got some nice-ass thighs. Actually, I don't know if he's from Wales. For a 22-year-old... He's got some pretty nice thighs. I bet he plays rugby, maybe even soccer. Uh, he, he has that sort of young 22-year-old overconfident thing that d- dudes have. Um, he claims he's, his, uh, he's, the, he's the main character in the movie in his head or something along those lines. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. He's obviously, he doesn't know himself. He wants to fit in. He, he, needs, he doesn't know who he truly is. Uh, He says that if he wins the money, because uh, I guess he broke his unicycle before he went to the show, Uh, he wants to buy a unicycle, if he wants, to advance his clown career. And I have absolutely no reason to believe he's lying. I could truly believe him being a clown in the future. Um, More more power to you, uh, Rowan, if that's how you want to do. A flare comes out and it's the pick team leader flare. So basically the contestants have to pitch themselves Sam's up first. Um <laughs> Sam's up first and he really looks like a Sam. Like I he, if no no Sam has ever Sammed as much as this Sam looks like a Sam, seriously. Uh he's a PE teacher, I believe he's 26. Um and he, I'm sure he has some qualifications that I don't recall. Uh, next up is Zach. Um, he says something about his six pack abs and I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. Uh, Sly is a very, very smart man. He will not nominate himself. He's he gonna wisely, he's gonna wisely pick his battles. Um, he states that he thinks he thinks that this whole uh, con- election is like a, con- a popularity contest and he is, he's not wrong um and it somehow i think the majority votes for zach shocker this being the team leader in a situation like this is not it doesn't do anyone any good so after they pick the team leader in the morning uh, james mcavoy's narrator voice says that it's the first morning under the leadership of stripper zach like that's he's not leader zach he's just stripper zach and i think it's it's hilarious a couple of the a couple of the other contestants, mostly Sly, I think, call him Dream Boy. I guess those are like the Chipmunks of England. So we have approximately 40 feet of bridge a day that they have to build. There are over 1,500 pieces of wood they have to put together. Um, I did the math, it's really about 42 and a half feet that they have to do every single day. Forty-two and a half feet times 20 equals 108. 42 and a half feet times 20 equals 850. So I mean, I guess it's manageable, but we shall see. I, I want to think that they'll be able to do it but i go back and forth each episode billy and sly always seem to be butting heads she comes at him wrong uh inside the house or the kitchen i believe and it's just one of those like fights that we see on housewives all the time where people just aren't listening to each other or any sort of uh reality show on bravo everyone just wants to get heard get their points across without actually listening to what the other person is saying so it's a huge misunderstanding and billy's wrong like billy should not have come into wherever sly was and just came like the approach is just so off um but she also seems to be that type um maybe she's just like her mother she's a confrontational talk show host that wants that wants the moment i guess and i could sort of see why her mom was to work for mori and uh, all these other talk shows because it must just run in the family so we get a few more interviews, uh, Billy and Sly, butt heads. Uh, Tara gets introduced a little bit more in depth. She's a waitress. She's 39. She did a viral video from her hospital bed when she was sick with COVID. It was quite sad. And I think this might be the sympathetic edit um, that most ed- that a winner would get in an American show. I'm not exactly sure if this translates uh, to an English edit, uh, to a British edit, of a reality winner but we shall see i just i don't know if i would feel comfortable with a covid survivor in such close proximity to me uh for the next 20 days uh not knowing like what their diagnosis or the chance of reinfection is um but maybe that just shows my implicit like nonsense my not knowing exactly what this disease is all i know is that uh, that's, uh, let's just save that for a different <laughs> podcast. There's a segment where they play an icebreaker, "True truths and a lie. Uh, Billy admits that her mom's kind of a celebrity. She is a famous talk show host named Trish Goddard. Uh, she actually had a show in the U.S. for a little bit too that only lasted two seasons, I believe. There's a great moment with Julian Sly. He reveals that uh, he lost his son to a brain aneurysm and it's, um, a really touching moment If Sly wins, he said that he's finally going to get a tombstone for his son Josh, and it just really touched me. You might need a tissue for this moment. Uh, It's We're trying to see... I I feel like we're getting the softer side of Sly um, after the initial sort of no one is listening to him, but he actually does have a lot of heart, a lot of important things to say, and he's never been allowed to just stop and say what he wants to say without uh, upsetting sort of like the status quo and I think that's really upsetting Um, and I think it sort of needs to stop and it's a nice reveal in a reality show where a black man that may come across as abrasive or aggressive or confrontational he's right he is a hundred percent right but no one will listen to what he's saying, and I know exactly what that feels like. I think Dom is a low. I think Dominique is a low-key shade monster. She calls the the grouping of Zach, Sam, and Luke a boy band, and I think it's completely fitting because they do look like, I don't know, like they would be extras from like Five or I don't what other boy bands were out of England. Westlife, uh, take that. Oh, I guess One Direction. Duh, I'm really showing my age here. <laughs> They've completed one section, one six-foot section of Bridge so far. And once again, we have another Billy and Sly blow up. Um, she leaves the table, she cries, end quote, and she says something that I think is so, <laughs> so appropriate to her. She says, and I quote, I say things without thinking, end quote. I hate people that say shit like that. This is my biggest pet peeve. People that say things without thinking and then admit that they say things without thinking are like some of the worst people on earth. Like they are just, I think there are two schools, like I'm sure there are more schools of thought on this, but there are two schools that I, I, I think. There are people that get rewarded for saying things. Um, and then there are people that get chided or criticized for saying things without thinking. I think it's a matter of, you need to know your audience. You need to know who you're talking about. You need to know who you're talking to. And you need to know, you need to back up what you're saying with facts. You just can't be spouting off bullshit like some politicians, okay? Like you just can't do that shit because I will question if you're smart, if you're critically thinking, if you're intelligent, you should be asking questions. You should always be asking questions, always. She irritates me. I just can't deal with it. She just irritates me. She's so annoying. I knew I wouldn't like her, and uh, she proves it every single time she's on screen almost. She also wears these stupid sunglasses, like I think in episode two. Anyway, Um, Tara thinks she's on Love Island or something and gets the idea to get Luke and Mara together, and I just cringe. This show does not need to have a matchmaker setting people up. The fact that there are 12 people out in the wild or in the wilderness that's not romantic to me. <laughs> There's no point where I'd be like, hey, maybe this is a good opportunity to fall in love. Maybe I'll find my life partner. Maybe I'll find a boyfriend. Maybe I'll find a husband. Maybe I'll find a wife or a girlfriend. Maybe I'll find my significant other. No, you're, you're, the objective of the show is to get the money, okay? Like, get, just get the money. Mara, you're 20. Keep the focus on the money, okay? Luke Luke is not it. Luke is, Luke is trash, Luke, just look at him. He he looks like a like a methed out Marky Mark. He looks like I don't know. He, he his face is just busted. His hair isn't good. He's got one stupid earring. Um, he's got a nose ring also. It's it, that entire look is not working for him. Ew, just plain ill. I don't know why Tara or Tara or whatever they're calling her wants to get these two together so bad. I think it's just she wants a friend and she thinks that hooking. Mara up with Luke will solidify their friendship um, or they're just bored they're out in the countryside and they're just bored with no television no uh n- nothing else to like occupy their time so they might as well just sort of put these two together I cringe like I said this is not a dating show I don't want to watch a dating show in the wild this is not the time or the place for this budding or it's it's also very one-sided it's like Luke gives no impression that he's into Mara whatsoever. Mora um, is also the girl with the two cock rings on her on her chest on her with her green tank top so uh, We get another flare and this flare Says that the leader must pick two people for an overnight task and then as soon as this is read I'm like well Obviously the whole setup is for us to see Luke and Mora go on this task Luke is so annoying Luke is probably one of the most annoying people on this cast and I, I Guess My number one problematic person of this episode would be Zach. Um, But Luke is a very close second, because as soon as Zach picks Luke and Mora for the task, this overnight task, Luke just has this repetitive way of saying, I'll boss it. I'll boss it. I'll boss it. Yeah, I'm going to go boss it. I'll boss it. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to boss anything, okay? Like, you're going to row a canoe, you might accomplish this task, and then you're probably going to come back to the island. Um, Big deal. I just hated it i don't trust it i don't trust his marky mark looking face um at the end of the episode we see that there's 844 feet left and 18 days so essentially yes in two in two days we've built six feet of bridge and um it is not looking good for these contestants I would say that I'm really interested to see the rest of Sly's story. I'm kind of interested to see how Tara goes. Like I said, I think I could see her getting the winning edit, depending on how the other episodes go. I have absolutely no interest in seeing any more of Zack as the team leader. Um, His cocky 26-year-old self just needs to be put down a peg or two. And I think I'm not going to like Billy. She might surprise me, but she probably won't. Listeners, if you liked what you heard so far, please, please tell your friends. Come follow me on Instagram. I can be found at Problem Addict Pod. That's Problem Addict Pod. I want to thank all my problem addicts for listening and check me out in a few more days with episode two of The Bridge on HBO Max.